a few years ago, I went to Toronto, and I got there early. And Toronto's a cool city, but I got there early, and they went um, uh, I, to do all this, like, a lot of media and interviews and stuff. And they went, you don't, you don't have a show tonight, but there's an open mic at the club. Do you want to host the open mic? And I said, fuck yes. And I crossed my fingers, and sure enough, a couple of raisin cakes wandering off the street. If I could be a superhero, I would be drug-free boy. <laughs> Telling the world of the evils of drugs and all of the lives they destroy. Well, I take all the junkie he's getting so high with their needles and bongs and their sticks made of tie. As I burn them alive, I would squeal with joy. Cause I would be drug-free boy. Welcome open Mike Nighters to Geek Salad episode 69, Refill the Flagon of Chuckles. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And because the uh, of our hilarious episode numbering here of 69, 69 wow. we have decided that we are going to uh, dedicate this episode to the wonders that are stand-up comedy. Well, how, how Just many, is, because they're both hilarious. How, how many com- comedy hacks... Have, have used 69 in their routines. I don't know how many comic hacks have, but I know a certain Canadian pock-faced rocker who's done it a few times. <laughs> how many pock-faced rockers have not done it a couple times? Well, I, there's only one that comes to mind, because I honestly believe the lyric is, me and my baby doing 69. Oh, me and my baby in a 69. Yeah. Okay, well, either or. Hey, if, if you get the, the cassette for Reckless... And you, it has the liner notes, Andy. Oh, it does? It does. Oh, damn. So, you, yeah, you could have known. All right, yeah, I, I should have. Do research. Yeah, What's sorry. What's kind of sad, though, is that I didn't realize that that was what it was about until about six years ago. Well, considering he was like nine years old, wait, he was nine years old during 1969, yeah. it wouldn't make sense that that's when he got his first real six string hey. at the Five and Dime. Or, what would a Five and Dime be in Canada? The Five and, and the Looney. And the Looney and Tooney. The Five and the Looney. <laughs> Nick, we need your help on that. Thank you. So anyway, let's get started with uh, Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And Chris writes, hey, Geek Salad crew, I love stand-up comedy. I saw my first stand-up special, George Carlin at Carnegie Hall, and loved it ever since. Here's a few of Chris's favorites. And a few of others, too, which we'll get into. Uh, Number one for Chris, it's George Carlin. Might as well start with the first comedian I liked, the late, great Mr. Carlin. He is famous for the seven words you can't say on television and a place for your stuff, among others. But my favorite bit from him was the one at Carnegie Hall special where he expanded on those seven words to create one hell of a list. First we start with the ones we already know. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. Crap, balls, prick, asshole, jack-off, jerk-off, scumbag, douchebag, hard-on... Rod on, boner, stiff, piss hard, blue balls. Nookie, coos, gash, slash, hole, slit, snatch, box, beaver, pussy, bearded, clam. Thoughts on Carlin? Why are you both looking at me? I, I just, I'm looking, I'm looking for input. Okay. I can give you some. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I actually had the pleasure of seeing George Carlin about a year before he passed. Yeah. And he was brilliant. And I think he's the first comedian, really, I mean, to be a real cerebral, you know, comedian. Unlike, you know, Red Skelton come up and make a face. Right. Or 
W.C. Fields to come out and honk a bicycle horn or something <laughs> like that. I mean, he's the re- I think the first truly cerebral comedian. Now, that might had, have had something to do with the amount of cocaine he did. The heroic amount of cocaine that yes. he did. Enough to kill a white rhino, but... But he's one of these guys, if you actually followed his career, really kind of morphed from being just your typical, like, kind of out there, yeah. man-on-the-street type of comedian, to the dippy hippie, to his final phase, which was just cranky old man yeah but that's what all the dippy hippies became yeah pretty much <laughs> I mean I have two I have his two last albums and each of them is and here's another bunch of assholes I can't do I can do without <laughs> I know yeah fuck it can you <laughs> snort it well yes you can't never. <laughs> no I think he actually went from being a comedian like mm-hmm. you said you know like yep. a typical comedian but to a an extension of his books yeah because he wrote three of four hysterically funny books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think he became more of an ex- extension of it. Like, when I saw him, the first thing he did, I forget the name of the the something man. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It, it, it was it, He did a whole monologue. All right. And it was part of one of his books. Okay. And he went, you know, it was like a ten minute thing. I've only read two of his launched. books a long time ago. I read Brain Droppings and I read, I read um, When Will Jesus Bring the Pork Chops? Yeah. I was actually shocked when he died, too. I didn't realize he, he was a lot older than I thought he was. He's in his 70s, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of living in that life. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Indeed. All right, moving on to Chris's number two. Bill Cosby. Oh, sorry, I had to do this the right way. Bill Cosby. That's not that, It's actually horrible, but keep going. On the exact opposite end of the spectrum, you have the clean mouth Bill Cosby, you see. I don't know how... Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen Bill Cosby himself. HBO seemed to show it twice a day, every day. He proved you don't have to say swears to get laughs. Just some funny stories about your childhood, fr- family, and friends. My favorite bit from him was the famous Noah Wright skit. Noah. Somebody call? Vuba, Vuba, Vuba. Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Where are you? What do you want? I've been good. I want you to build... An ark. Right. What's an ark? Get some wood, build it 300 cubits by 80 cubits by 40 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? So, Jim, Jim and I, when we were kids, he had like three or four my Bill Cosby had, records. My, my father had a bunch of them. Yeah, and that's what we would do. We would sit there and we would listen to them over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yeah, to my brother Russell, whom I who I slept them, with, yeah, yeah. Who I punched in the nuts or something like <laughs> that. But it was my aunt had a, one of the, has a had a cassette tape of 
of uh, Bill Cosby. I was just listening to that one over and over. Yeah, I got a bunch of them from the library, and it's it's funny how I mean, the early like the '60s stuff really holds up. Mm. It's really funny stuff. You can argue. Yes. Obviously, I will go. I will go into who my favorite comedian is of all time. But you could argue Cosby's the best comedian of all time. He is. Because he could come forever. up, he could he could sit up on stage and just spin yarns, and not even really have a real structure to it. He could just sit there and spin a yarn, and he has the best delivery I've ever seen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he. I mean, and you know, I know it's it's beaten to death, but he doesn't he doesn't use any type of swearing. Barely talks about sex. I remember him talking about drugs and booze once. Yeah. You know, he never brought that type of stuff up. And that was the up. only time I heard him curse, actually, when he's like, you know, cocaine it embellishes who you are. Yes, but what if you're an asshole? Yeah, that's the only... Yeah, I, I know. That's in... And that's in himself. And that's the only time I've ever seen him swear. Yeah. Actually, your wife, Jim, uh, she, she brought up that it's still the funniest stand-up film she's ever seen. Um, she watched it as a teenager, and it cry, it made, she laughed so hard it made her cry. Yeah. And you guys watched it on demand about a year ago? We did. It, well, it, because it's one of those... You know, comedy specials or routines that it's relevant when you're a kid because you're a kid and he's talking about you and all the stupid crap that you pull. Oh yeah, you know, you know, you know, you remember your father talking to you, you like know, you're an idiot, like yeah. you're, because you basically were. You know, yeah. why'd you do this? I don't know. And you laugh at that point because he's right. Yeah. Then when you become a parent. And your kids do that. You get to relive it all over again, just from a, a different perspective. Yeah, oh, I agree. I still, I, I love his, his stand-up. I actually read a biography about him about two years ago, and it was it was really interesting. I mean, he grew up dirt poor. Yeah, he grew up in I think Philadelphia. Yeah, but he's one of these guys too that you got to admire because he did. He went out and got his education and became yeah. a doctor and all that. Yeah. But he was still exploring the stand-up comedy thing. And now he's like one of the richest comedians ever. Oh yeah. So. Yes, it's it's amazing the mo- the money he makes. Oh, half of that's probably the Cosby Show syndication. Oh, he's rights and all that. No, but he had how many shows did he have? How I many watched, endorsement I, deals did he I have? I watched Fat Albert all the time growing up. That's how oh, I, yeah. That's how I remember Bill Cosby from. Yeah, that would hold up these days. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Good God. The end of ACP would rip that sucker off the air <laughs> so fast. <laughs> hey, Buffalo Albert! <laughs> Holy crap. But the late 70s through the mid 80s, every other commercial was a Bill Cosby commercial. Pudding pops. You eat the pudding pops, then you drink the Coke. And when you put on the Trojans, you gotta make sure it's not inside out. <laughs> he would never do something like that. <laughs> sure he would. Oh, you never know. He probably, he probably could. Oh, good. The rib for her pleasure, you see. <laughs> yeah, I'd have his face on the tip of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, with like that, that, no, no, that other smirk that, you know, that one with his lips out, just. <laughs> you know the guy I'm talking about, the guy with the stuff and he puts his finger in his navel. No, we don't, Bill. But you certainly do. <laughs> Actually, uh, the podcast Chicken Fried Radio used to have a character called Crackhead Cosby. <laughs> oh, God. Impeccable. Bill Cosby impersonation, but it was all about, you know, you know, trying to score and sucking cock on the street and all that fun stuff. It was great. All right, moving on to Chris's number three here. Richard Pryor, widely known as the greatest stand-up comedian in history by his peers. His material was definitely R-rated, but unlike some of Andrew Dice Clay, his raunchy material was actually funny. Yeah. Chris's favorite bit was um, In the Jungle from Live on the Sunset Strip. I saw three lions... Chased down like a, a, a cape buffalo. That's the baddest motherfucker on four legs. 
except for these bitches chasing it. And the lioness, they work, in, they work around like in teams, give signals, you know they can't talk to them. And the buffalo saw one of them, right? And he tipped away from the rest of the herd. <laughs> what was it? And them two others jumped on his ass. <laughs> and the other buffalo said, hey, motherfucker didn't warn us, fucking. And you know how the a buzzard circle in the movies? These motherfuckers drove up in a truck. <laughs> Talking about what it is. I, it's tough. Mm-hmm. On the serious channel that I, that we have for the comedy, Raw Dog, I tend to skip over Richard Pryor's stuff. Like, eh, what the hell? The new Katy Perry songs, I don't listen to that instead. Ew. Well, I think that speaks to you more than Richard yeah, Pryor. Yeah, I, I, I think he's funny, but... Um, he was one of these guys, I've probably listened to five or six of his albums. Yeah. Four really good. Um, one was, eh, and one was bad. Was that before or after him? His immolation and... <laughs> no, it's all before, it's, it's during his freebasing years. Oh, okay. God, Which drugs he... usually make people funnier. Hey, what's the... No, that was a... Yeah, that's Bill. <laughs> that was Bill. What's that yellow light? <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell Bill, I said, have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny when I think about Richard Pryor. I think about Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy person, doing, the, yeah. doing his impersonation of him. Uh, all right, moving on. Chris is number four. Stephen Wright, the ultimate ultimate mellow comedian. I wonder if anyone has seen this guy lose his temper and what that would be like. Since he's a comedian who specializes in one-liners, it's hard to pick one specific favorite bit since they all last about five seconds. He does love the uh, Rachel song. The girl I'm seeing now, her name is Rachel. She's a very pretty girl. She has emerald eyes and long flowing plaid hair. Okay, not 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 bad, but got to be in the mood for him. Yeah, you do. He's okay. He, I there's one one bit he has that always struck me funny. He's how he bought a pony mm-hmm. and he shaved its ass. And now he rents it out to Harry Krishna family picnics. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but he's, yeah. he's all right. He's... No, I, I like stuff about how you know he was driving cross country. He only had one tape. Can't remember what the name of it was. <laughs> he definitely uh, brought the long Jufro into. Oh uh, yeah. Oh wow. But he came up in that that mid eighties boom period for yeah. comedy, where it was and comedy was just hot. Yeah, and he had that very wry wit that. He wasn't for... He was definitely not no. for everyone. But he's another clean comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part he is. No, yeah. he's, he's very cerebral. He comes up with some, you know, out of left field crap. Yeah. Tom Stankiewicz introduced me to Stephen Wright. Like, he had the I Have a Pony album on vinyl. And we listened to that quite a bit and had a good chuckle. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Moving on, number five. Robin Williams. Love him or hate him, you can't deny his talent for making people laugh at their asses off. When I first saw his Live at the Met special, I couldn't stop laughing. My favorite skit was from that special, the alcohol marijuana skit. Damn. A little sip of Perrier here. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. (laughs) Oh, good thing. Hi, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. (laughs) Beautiful, baby. Beautiful, yeah. 
because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. All right. I actually have, we in our itinerary for the show, I actually have a list of thieves and hackers called Hackery and Thievery. Um, Robin Williams is right up there in terms He's of not. comedy. What? He is an infamous. He will steal anybody's material. That's why Who? when he goes to Robin Williams, when anybody, no, I heard that. Who does anybody, he, what he does is he, he, he'll find one bit from one comedian and go to another comedian. Ask any, anybody working in stand-up comedy. When they know Robin Williams is in the audience, they immediately revert back to their old material. Would they tell you this? Infamous. Uh, I heard a, a number of interviews from a number of different comedians saying the same thing. And, I mean, person, I don't really find him that funny. I think it's, what struck people... The Met is a, is a hysterical. The, the Met is funny. Um, when he was, again, when he was but he blasted out of his he mind. He doesn't have a ton of material. Because he did The Met, and yep. then his movie career took off, and then he did something... Ten years ago, which was which was okay. Yeah, he's just like always extraordinarily hyperactive, and that just it, it just turns me off most of the time. I think he's a he does a very good job, um, improving. Yeah. A lot of his stuff he can come up with off the top of his head. He's a better actor, I think, than comedian. Yeah, yeah, because he's done some wonderful work. He really he has. has. No, Dead I, Poet Society is fabulous. I yeah. like Dead Poet. I loved him. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is his best. Yeah, is his best work. Yeah. What about Patch Adams, Jim? Patch, like Patch Adams, Adams? Is shits, isn't it? Or toys? With toys. He's some, he's some stupid toy maker. He runs around the he runs around the fields of Iowa. Have you ever seen the movie What Dreams May Come? No. Oh my God! It's about a guy who's trying to reconcile uh, the death of his wife. So he actually kind of delves into the afterlife. And I heard this radio therapist was reading a letter. About this person who who's like, I, I thought it might be a good idea. I just lost my wife. And it's hard trying to explain to my daughter what death is like. So I sat her down and we watched What Dreams May Come. And the I don't even remember who the therapist was. Puts it, You can audibly hear the paper go down and go, you are an idiot. What were you thinking? <laughs> oh, funny stuff. Well, I, I will leave it with this. I think he... He's a niche comedian. Yep. Yeah. Um, but he did produce one of the funniest comedy records of all time because the Met is the, the, the Met is hysterical. I think it's a lot better than Carnegie Hall. Yeah, I would agree. All right, moving on. Number six, Bob Nelson. I when have I, no idea. When I saw his football stand-up routine on the Young Com- Comedian Special on HBO, I nearly busted a gut. Billy Bob Brubeck, University of Texas, right guard. <laughs> Robert W. Wilson, Harvard University, quarterback. Hi, Muffy. <laughs> Number 72. Oh, shit, 27. Uh, Tony Cappuccino, Brooklyn University, and oh, fuck. Oh, Bruce Kaskiaski, San Francisco University, 
tight end. I hope to be a wide receiver. Um, yeah, no. you might know Bob Nelson, Jim, from the movie Brain Donors. I know who Bob Nelson yeah. is. Um, yeah, the, the, the clip that, that Chris gave us is his only bit that got repeated oh so many times in high school by people who watched the HBO Young Comedian special. Wasn't me. Yep. Isn't he your typical, oh, he's a big lug. Oh, look, he's got a funny hat. Ha yep. Ha ha, yes. Okay. Aren't men different from women? Uh, number seven on Chris's list, Louis Black, as opposed to Stephen Wright. He's Lewis, funny. He's good. Louis Black is the ultimate angry comedian. He rants about anything and everything, and we love him for it. Here is the ultimate favorite bit from Mr. Black about the threat of homosexuality. That is pretty funny. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are a group of gay banditos <laughs> who get into a van every day and wander from village to dell. And as night begins to fall, they go back into a suburban neighborhood to that cul-de-sac where only one house stands. And in the window, a young American family is just setting down for their first meal. And these queers, He's clear. God! They're black cloaks and hoods and matching pumps very tasteful. And they charcoal up their faces and sneak up to that house and open the door and start fucking each other in the ass! And another... American family is destroyed. I've see. I have been a fan of, of Louis Black since the daily. Since I first started seeing him on the Daily Show, yeah. in the Back in Black segments, he had this bit about how awesome Christmas was and how much Hanukkah sucks. It's like, okay, well, here's some socks. What do the Christian kids get across the street? Here's an Xbox. <laughs> it's all about batteries and power and light. John Stewart did something very similar to that a couple of weeks ago. It's oh, actually really funny. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I like Louis Black a lot, but he's one of these guys, we were kind of talking off air about this, that you can listen to him for a little bit, then you got to turn him off, back away, go have a snack, go do something else. He's a little heavy. Yeah. He's a little politically charged. Yeah. yeah my younger brother loved, loved him, um, but uh, every time I tried to listen to him, it was like, you know, he's got a funny bit, and then you just listen to him and you start... No, I, droning, I don't droning, 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 Funny bit, funny bit. Turn them off. You walk away. I do. Come back. I there was a great bit about. I think he was talking about Dick Cheney, but it was like, what does he need all this money for? When have you ever, in biographies of vice presidents, say he was the vice president, and then he became addicted to heroin? <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Anyway, last on Chris's list, John Pinnett. Who? Um. That's his favorite comedian currently. Who's John Panette? Uh, John Panette, well, first of all, for, for comic book movie fans, um, in, the, in the Thomas Jane Punisher, he was one of the wacky neighbors. Was he? Oh, him. He is the you-go-now guy. He's super fat. His entire oh him. His entire routine is about how fat he is and how he likes to close down re- all-you-can-eat restaurants. 
Okay. He's not bad. He, he managed to last, you know, 20 plus years on the same act. With slight variations here and there to the act, but... Well, good for him. I yeah. just, I don't know. I don't yeah. know anything about him. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, I'll play a clip for you so you, you got that. Oh, good. At the beginning of the month, my family took me to a water park. Now, I like to swim. Swimming is my exercise. I frolic. <laughs> but there are rides at the park. Horrible nay-nay rides. <laughs> the first ride we went on was the giant slide. It's like 20 stories high. And I'm looking for the elevator. <laughs> There's no elevator. How do you get up there? It's $35 to get in. You should carry my ass up there. <laughs> How do you get up? I'm in flip-flops and a Speedo, and I'm walking up a mountain. Alright, so let's move on to some of our uh, listener feedback. Thank you very much, Chris. So, um, and we, as always, we put it out to our fans as to what, uh, what you want us to talk about in terms of the, uh, the subject at hand. Uh, Kevin Marshall, our good friend and our contributor for the wrestling show. Uh, Kevin Marshall thinks that Kevin Marshall is the best thing to happen to stand-up comedy since the microphone. I then asked Kevin to bring me, uh, to, to send me a clip of his stand-up routine, and that has yet to materialize. I wonder why. Actually, Kevin is a very, very funny guy, and Not he does—he does do stand up out in Albany. Okay. Very funny guy. You listened to—you listened to the whole uh, yeah, no, wrestling the, medium thing, and that was great. Well, I'm glad he's confident. Um. Oh, by the way, just a little aside because it came in right underneath Kevin's uh, response on Facebook. Uh, our friend Pete was listening to our most recent episode. And he uh, fell off the chair laughing while we went into our Lionel Richie, Richie commentary. Very nice. We got a lot of good feedback, by the way, for that 1982 show. Your wife loved it. She wants to see us do one every year now. She didn't tell me that. Yeah, it was, it was right here. Um, all right, Rebecca. Just finished listening to the podcast about the music of 1982, and she loved it. I like Steve Winwood too, like Mike does. Uh, yeah. So it creates marital friction. <laughs> She'd like to hear music of each year of the 80s done. Well, Becca, let me tell you something. We are plumb out of topics, so def- you'll definitely see at least one a year. Plus, yeah. we got to go back into 81 and 80. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right. Um, Maybe it means we get to go into more of Captain It's Meal. All right. Actually, no, we get into more Air Supply and Christopher Cross. Run like the wind. Oh, okay. All right, back to the uh, feedback on stand-up comedy. Myrna, um, first of all, wanted to know if, if Kevin Meany was the comedian with the What's the matter with you? Walking around with the baggy pants. Yes, that is Kevin Meany, as um, Rebe- Rebecca actually confirmed. Catherine brought up Christopher Titus. <laughs> and don't get the wrong impression. My dad, great man. Really, great man. So sober, he's a saint. Drunk, Satan. <laughs> And uh, it was weird because we didn't get deprived as kids. I mean, we'd go, go do stuff. We'd go water skiing. Daddy goes, come on, kids, it's morning. Let's go water skiing. Woohoo! And then we'd go water skiing all morning. Then about noon or beer o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that joke never stopped being funny for 20 years. <laughs> he would just start slamming them down. And it was weird because he's got the same problem with alcohol I have. His personality just flips. 
And, and like, he would just change. And I was five when it started happening. I had no idea what the hell was wrong with him. I just thought he had an alter ego. You know, like he was a superhero. The most negative superhero on the planet. Anti-dad. Wherever there is hope, I will stop it. Where self-esteem rears its shiny head, I will be there to kick it in the testicles. And he's a huge Oh, boy. <laughs> Christopher Titus has the same shaped head as Jake Busey, and there's one other dude on TV who came around at the same time. And their entire brand of comedy was, like, just jutting their face right in front of the camera and looking around like they were looking for something and looking Look. utterly confused. Look, I don't particularly... Because Christopher Titus is on Sirius all the time. Oh, Yeah. And I don't find him funny either. I think he's a bit of a douche. And yeah. he spun that but, off into a sitcom too. But he had the smarts to hire the actor who played Scott Farkas in Christmas Story. Yep. That alone Genius. gives him a little bit of credibility. Not a lot, but some. When he hires Grover Dill for his next project, All right. <laughs> then I will be completely on board. <laughs> All right. Phil brought up one of Mike's favorites here, Mitch Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Dead, but damn funny. He was horrible. He was absolutely oh, man. I cooked eggs today, then I fried them. Oh, he was awful. Awful. I'm Go sorry. ahead and say your piece, Mike, because got, we got a lot to say about this. Oh, absolutely hilarious. With the, that's my favorite introduction I've ever had. You might have seen this next comedian on the David Letterman show. But I believe more people have seen me at the store. And that would be a better introduction. You might have seen this next comedian at the store. And people would say, hell yes I have. (laughs) I opened up a yogurt and underneath the lid it said, please try again. They were having a contest I was unaware of. But I thought I might have opened the yogurt wrong. Um, It's just these one-liners that went nowhere but they were... You know, every single one was a gem. No, 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 sorry. Not every single one. Wow. But I would say 90% <laughs> of them were gems. All oh, right. Damn. Yes. Yeah. Um, one time listening to Sirius on Raw Dog, they have a they have a call, you know, like stand-up request show in the afternoon, and someone called up and reamed the, D, the DJ out. He's like, guys, you play so much Mitch Hedberg. Do you owe his estate money or something? <laughs> I just I tried, and I, this is like this is like the thing. Mike loves anime. I have tried. I can't get into it. I don't understand it. But um, yeah, you and Phil love Mitch Hedberg. S- an escalator can never break. It can just become stairs. Wow. I had That's a frozen good. banana, but I did not want it. But I figured I might want a banana later on. Yeah. Maybe that guy died of heroin. That's. <laughs> Yeah, a massive heroin overdose that killed that guy, right? Yeah, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. <sighs> yeah, you are just making my point <laughs> over and over again. Oh, uh, wow! All right, Chris brought this up, but Chris also had his turn already. So I'm going to give this one to Lanning, who uh, loved the late great Sam Kennison. Yes, he does. Have you been married? It ruins the devil's whole job. He's blown out. He's pissed off. You make him look like a Ronald McDonald with big feet and orange hair. You 
doesn't know. You're walking down the hall. You're going to hell. He sees you coming. He goes, oh, yeah, here's somebody. Here's somebody I'm going to scare the shit out of and torment. All right. <laughs> what? Well, you've been married. <laughs> All right, let me take this shit off. Hold on. No, they didn't tell me. Yeah. Oh, come on in. I'll give you the tour anyway. There won't be any surprises here for you, but I'll show you around. Come on in. <laughs> See, over here is where we uh, torment the soul. Whoa. And, uh... Well, shit, man. If you've been married, uh, if you've been married, it's just it's not very much I can scare you with down here. You've seen it. It's... What? Well, you've been married twice. <laughs> would, would you would you like a job down here? Huh? Because you've been married twice, you qualify for our job employment program here now. We figure anybody who's been married twice can be a tour guide in hell. You can be a tour guide. You can take your own groups. Folks, stick with me. I've been married twice. I know this place pretty fucking well. And I won't lose you on this one, all right? Hold on. I, back in the late 80s, we do a lot of this. Back in the early... It's like, and you have to delineate the three periods of the 80s. The early 80s, the mid-80s, and the late 80s. They are very different culturally. In the late 80s, all the foul-mouthed comedians came around. But out of all of them... Thank St- you, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Sam Kennison stood supreme. Because he actually had No, jokes. he didn't. Out of well, all wait a minute. When you say stood supreme, you mean he, he had good material? He had very or good he was material. very popular? Because he was not the most popular. No, he wasn't the one. No, that would, that belongs to Dice. That would be Dice. Yeah, but in terms of just the be best dope. material, because he was filthy, and he could get into just these sexually laden rants, but they all had jokes tied into him somewhere. He, hmm. You know what? I'll, I'll say this about him. He was a very spiritual person, because he used to be a priest. Yeah. And then he discovered, discovered the booger sugar, <laughs> and off he went. But he had some funny, some funny... I actually had... I think it was his second album. No, uh, his first album. Louder Than Hell was his first one. Have You Seen Me Lately was his second one. Yeah. And then everything else was kind of shitty after that. Well, he stuff. died fairly soon after that. Michael took the mo- most of it out, so. Yeah. No, he died from a car accident. Yeah, I understand that, but. While on coke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a documentary about Sam Kennison, and it's, well, first of all, it's weird seeing him kind of young-ish as a preacher. Yeah, I mean, he was, I think he was like a Southern Baptist or something like that, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, very spiritual guy. I think he still was. I just think he yeah. kind of he channeled his spirituality in other areas. I mean, yeah. it got vulgar, but it doesn't make it less spiritual. Yeah. He was funny. Yeah. Um, Actually, landing uh, at work, he showed me this uh, Bon Jovi video of uh, Wild Thing. No. Oh no no no! It was um, Bad Medicine. That's it. And they had Sam Kennison handing out cameras and do you know being you know like all right, Sam, can you just do the howling thing for like five seconds? What do you want me to do? Just like, ow, ow! All right, yeah, I can do that. How much are you paying me? Well, we've got this co- uh, this uh, truck worth of cocaine. Just back that up to your house. You know what? You had me a truck full of cocaine. <laughs> back in the 80s, there were a lot of collaborations, um, you know, like Live Aid and Farm Aid. Oh, yeah. You know, you know well, I should say um, USA for Africa. Yeah. Well... The hair metal community said, hey, <laughs> yes. we will not be outdone. So they got such superstars as Paul Stanley and the bassist from Skid Row. And they said, hey, let's get Sam Kennison. 
he has one semi hair metal song, and well, you know, because you know he did his version of Wild Thing, which while how original, because no one's ever done Wild Thing, never as a cover, so never, yes. especially that year. I think like there were like five separate versions of Wild Thing that came out. Yes, and, and was there was there a group in the in the eighties? It did not have a video that had Rodney Dangerfield make a cameo, cameo appearance. Um, no, Radhead Milton Berle. Okay. Yeah. Radhead Anyways, Milton Berle. Anyways, Sam Kittison was, you know, all of those collaborations felt the need to stuff a comedian in there. You know, yeah. Dan yeah. Aykroyd, which has been banned <laughs> about. And then they put, uh, what's his name in the, in the USA for Africa 2? Fonswell Bentley. No, <laughs> no, they put um, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, because. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, moving on. Catherine um, brought up Mike Birbiglia. Hey. I, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm Mike Birbiglia. Uh, I got one of those last names that you always have to spell on the phone. Like, it's B as in boy, I-R, B again, I-G-L-I-A. And I wish my last name were just boy. I'd be like, it's B as in boy, and then the rest of the word boy. I'm Italian, but my family's not real Italian. We're like Olive Garden Italian. <laughs> Sometimes people come up to me, they'll be like, in Italy, it's pronounced birbiglia. I'm like, in America, you're annoying. <laughs> it was tough growing up, you know. Kids would call me names like Burbigglebug and Burbibliography and Faggot. Well, I actually was listening to you today on... Uh, Why have I heard that? What, what has he been in? I don't know what he's been in, um, but he had this whole thing about getting married and his, his, his bride-to-be was watching, like, Wedding Story and Baby Story and it's just listening to the insipidness of these two people like, I like her for her. She's beautiful on the inside. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Very funny. What, something on, on Lifetime or... Uh, no, oh yeah, like, I think it was like Lifetime or A and E. No, not A and E. Um, TLC. Hillbilly wedding. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, Jim's wife, who had a lot to say this episode. This is great. We got a lot of good feedback for this. Did want to bring up, as well as Mike's coworker Julie, Eddie Murphy, delirious. Anybody got cable? I've been watching a lot of cable lately because I'm so mad. The only good show on TV now is Star Trek. That's some good shit. I like Captain Kirk and shit. Captain Kirk will fuck anybody. I seen him beam down the planet. Ever see that episode where he fucked this green bitch? You got to be a horny motherfucker to fuck a green bitch. I mean, I ain't no racist, but if the bitch is green, there's something wrong with the pussy. He be fucking the music be going dun 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 boom 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 dun 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 shit be getting all fucked up. Mr. Scott, I like him. He made me laugh. He never cool and shit. He's the opposite of Spock. The shit be all fucked up. And Mr. Scott say, Captain, my ship can't take much more than this, sir. She's about to blow. Let Spock handle it. And Spock say, Mr. Scott, why don't you take the phasers and point them at the dilithium crystals and point them phasers at them and use the power from the phasers to regenerate the dilithium crystals and we can get out on impulse power. Mr. Spock! It just might work, sir! This shit worked last week, motherfucker. 
the first time I ever almost tinkled my pants listening to a comedy routine. The first time uh, I heard Delirious, yeah, I almost lost. When he, who could, in my my. my Unevolved mind when I was in the seventh grade when I first heard that he came, the fact that he came up with a gay Mr. T yeah that was it for me that to me was that was the the be all end all of comedy a oh. gay Mr. T oh god for me, I re- for me it was the gay honeymooners <laughs> yeah none <laughs> I just this was like the first tape that I got that I had to like kind of hide from my mom yeah, like, yeah. you get to listen with the volume turned all the way down yeah. and just ma can I get some headphones. I didn't even have those. I was too stupid to realize I could just plug them in that way. I had to like throw a blanket over the tape deck and just <laughs> he said the n word. Um, I mean, but the thing about him is, people would complain about him because he was so foul. Yeah, but if you strip away all the crap, the material is brilliant. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, the bit about the Pope, like going to uh, the Pope going to Harlem. Yeah, but he made his he, he just kind of like blew through like. Dominus Dominus, let's get out of here. You just hit someone. Fuck him. Dominus Dominus, he'll be all right. I mean, he had he had some stuff that was pretty politically incorrect. You know, when he talks about AIDS, oh. and he assumes that guys can get kissed on their lips it's, by their gay friend, and oh, they go yeah. home with AIDS on their lips. All right, but the whole thing about the um, the Chinese guys with the rice sticks. Yeah, it was very funny stuff. Uh, raw. Raw is funny. I, yeah, because he does Bill Cosby. Oh yeah, he does oh. the Bill Cosby thing. Yeah, it's not like Delirious. Delirious is rollicking it's not funny. Nearly it is n- groundbreaking. It's it's as... it's rollicking funny. It, you don't stop laughing. Right. But Raw, well, Raw was really long. Raw was a movie though. They, Raw was a theatrical release right. movie. But he that was because, that was due to a tour. Yeah, and I remember hearing he went to. I think he did. I think he was at Fox, bro. Yeah, and they were saying people were laughing so hard that they were being carried out in stretches. Oh really? Like, but no, he did the Bill Cosby thing. He did yep. the Richard Pryor thing that we talked about. Yeah, he. I think in terms of just sheer talent, he had the most talent because he could. And he was so young too. That's the thing a lot of people forget. Twenty two. Twenty two. When Delirious hit, I don't know if people are aware of this either. Though, um, Mike has the leather, the red leather outfit that Eddie Murphy wore, oh, wore in Delirious? Delirious. Ooh, nice. He does. Um. It's smooth. It is. It is oh, awesome. Yeah. Now, there's always been talk, will Eddie Murphy ever go back to stand-up? <laughs> well, the way his movie career is going, it might not be a bad movie. It's probably going to be the smartest thing in the world. Then you just got to see how sad and devolved it gets. Does it become Dice? Or... No. On, no, his, wor- on his worst this. day, he could never he's be a thousand times better than Andrew Dice Clay. He's on your list, right? We're, we're going to be into him in a little bit, right? No, of course he is. All right, great. All right, uh, Julia also wanted to bring up another one, uh, Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris Rock is hysterical. Chris Rock. Now, if I'm driving my car and I'm at the light, and you in the car behind me, and the light's red, and I'm just sitting there blasting some Gwen Stefani, and I'm just like, "Ain't no holler back, girl. Ain't no holler back, girl. Ain't no holler back." And you in the car behind me, and the light's red, cool. But then the light turned green. And I don't see it, because I'm in Gwen Stefani heaven. And I'm just going, ain't no holler back, girl. Ain't no holler back, girl. Ain't no holler back. Now the light starts fucking blinking. It's getting ready to turn red again. And I still don't see it. And I'm in my car going, the shit is bananas. B, na 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 The shit is bananas. B, 
and I'm going, this shit is bananas, bananas. If you in that car behind me, you have the right to go, hey, faggot, the light's about to change. I think he's he's the first black comedian to actually take shots at black stereotypes. Oh yeah, yeah. he big time. He does. He has that that um, that part in his bit where he goes, "I love black people. I hate well, yeah. the N word," and he goes into a description of that. And one of my favorite, and I still everybody uses this this phrase now. It's, he talks about. He's like, "Well, I take care of my kids. Well, you're supposed to take care of your kids. What do you want a cookie?" <laughs> That's awesome. And he he's one of these guys, too. I think his later stuff isn't nearly as funny as that for, as that second album. Yeah. Where he had that. That was, like, the one that really broke him. Because we had... I remember we both bought Born Suspect at Coconuts Records. Coconuts! Back when he still had the high-top fade. And, oh, yeah. He had the new jack fade going. Yep. You know what? Actually, the funniest thing he ever said wasn't on one of his comedy albums. It was the MTV Music Awards. It was... Marilyn Manson had just performed and he ran off stage and Chris Rock ran out and goes, Everybody run to church right now! <laughs> Good night! <laughs> that was awesome. He's, and you know, he when he did the Academy Awards... Oh, I thought and he was he, great. He was brilliant, but everybody got upset because he was crapping all over. It was, he, he made fun of Jude Law because Jude Law was in like 18 movies that year. He's yeah. like, who the hell is Jude and Law? And of course you've got that douchebag. Yeah, Sean, Sean Penn. Sean Penn, that self preening a-hole. Yep. It's been a long time since, since Spigoli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I did see a... You probably saw it, too. He does... It looks like he's going to be in a pretty good movie. Which one? Chris Rock? No, Sean Penn. I'll talk about it later. For All right. But no, it's Gangland. It's, 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 oh, yeah. It's, he's Mickey oh, Cochran, yeah. and it looked pretty good. Well, that's pretty cool. So, everybody, thank you so much for your feedback. Mm. Always appreciated. Oh, yeah. Now let's get on to the list. Uh, we broke this up, so we're going to go kind of down the line here. Starting with uh, my list, uh, which starts with Woody Allen. 12 o'clock comes. They judge who's got the best costume of the night. First prize goes to the Berkowitzes. <laughs> a married couple dressed in a moose suit. <laughs> the moose comes in second. The moose is furious. He and the Berkowitzes lock antlers in the living room. They knock each other unconscious. Now I figure I'll get rid of them for good. I pile them on the fender and speed up to the woods. But I got the Berkowitzes. I'm driving along with two Jewish people on my fender. There's a law in New York State. The next morning, the Berkowitzes wake up in the woods in a moose suit. Mr. Berkowitz is shot, stuffed, and mounted at the New York City Golf Club. And the joke is on them because they don't allow Jews. Yes, he actually did stand-up comedy. I didn't know this. He had to, uh, Andy had to remind me of this. Unbelievably funny stuff. I had known about some of the stand-up stuff, but about, God, ten years. Holy shit, ten years. I was directing a Woody Allen show called God. 
which, and I just wanted to get, like, I just wanted to kind of inundate myself with so much Woody Allen. So I bought this book about Woody Allen. I watched all his movies, and I bought this CD called Stand Up Comedian. Holy shit, I was laughing. And all this stuff is at least 40 years old. Andy. Yeah. Who was in God? Huh? Jim was in God. Mm. Everybody said that no one was going to get the show, and it ended up being the hit of the festival. I just think he heard Well, that's because Jim. there was three other shows about women get their, getting their period. In sync. So. In sync had periods? Yes, they did. They're all ladylike back then. Oh, okay. Including Justin. And Joey. <laughs> Next up on my list, uh, Bill Hicks. Dear Departed Bill Hicks. All the lesbian sex scenes were cut out of that film because the test audience was turned off by them. (laughs) Boy, is my thumb not on the pulse of America. I don't want to seem like Randy Pan, the goat boy, but uh, that was the only reason I went to that piece of shit. If I had been in that test audience, the only one out front protest in that film would have been Michael Douglas demanding his part be put back in, all right? I swear I was in that movie, I swear I was. See, Mike, the movie started. Sharon Stone was eating another woman for an hour and a half. <laughs> then the credits rolled. I, uh, I don't remember seeing your scrawny ass, Mike. Patton Oswalt, which we'll talk about in a little bit, mm. brings up guys that were truly dangerous, rebellious comedians. Bill Hicks was that guy. He didn't give a shit what he said, and everything made complete sense when he laid it out. Be it you know being a, a celebrity who's shilling Doritos, and how when you when you take corporate sponsorship, essentially you're you know you're getting fucked in the ass by Satan, <laughs> like Jay Leno. Hey, remember me? I used to be funny, <laughs> except for Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson was the only one who was get away with it because it was gigantic IRS bill. <laughs> Uh, just brilliant stuff. Gone too soon. I read his biography, and it's just amazing how he was one of these guys, again, that had this meteoric, just like, four-year span. Hmm. But everything he did was really gold. Uh, next up on my list, another dear departed, Robert Schimmel. That's why guys try sex shit at home, because you watch these movies and you think that women really do this stuff, like anal sex. I wanted to try that with my wife. I said, why don't you lay on your stomach and let me go in the other way? And she pulled out her vibrator and said, let me do you first. Here, is this what you wanted to do to me? Take it out of the box first. We talked about him on our death show, our Hail the yeah. Victorious Dead show. I went back and watched some YouTube clips while, while I was uh, getting ready for work this morning. And oh my God, is he funny. Jesus Christ. If it's something about his, his animals and how like he got his daughter a pet rabbit and the rabbit wasn't feeling too good. So the wife's like, take it to the vet. Yeah, how about if I just take it for a, for a drive? <laughs> oh, it's not lost, Doc. I, get four, I think we get four, uh, 
keychains out of this thing. <laughs> or just sex life with his wife. Or <clears throat> even better, his older daughter who goes to him for sex advice. Oh, God. You remember that? Yes. I swear to God, she tells me she took it in the ass. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Daddy, I don't like it in the butt. Oh, shit! Oh, great stuff. Um, next up on my list, uh, part of the comedians of comedy, Brian Posehn. I fucking hate Star Wars. I hate it. But here's the other part. I used to love Star Wars. Like, I spent 20 years of my life fucking loving it. And then um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Shit came out. Now I hate it. And I worship George Lucas. I spent so much money on that guy's bullshit. And uh, now, to me, I look at those two movies as betrayal. To me, it's like your uncle put his wiener near your mouth. Yeah. Nothing creepy, not when you're a kid. I mean, now. I mean, now, you're in your 30s. Your uncle's your bro. He's like your favorite person in your family. You hate your mom, you hate your grandma, but uncle's cool. He got me high, he bought me my first Trojan. And then you're at Christmas. Everybody's asleep, you're watching Letterman, and you're like, what's by my ear? Oh, fuck! He's pretty funny. He's just nerdy beyond nerdy. Okay. Um, he had a funny line in that horrible show with uh, Laura San Giancomo oh. and Wendy Malick where he talks about how he goes into the woods and he collects owl beaks. Oh, yeah, he makes and, a necklace. And he makes a necklace and he has another one for you. <laughs> the way he, yeah, I've never really listened to his stuff, so I can't. Oh, he's all about hair metal. Like, actually, not hair metal, like real metal. No, he likes metal. I've been seeing him on those VH1. Yeah. Um, he actually was one of the MCs, I think, for the VH1 tribute to Judas Priest. Oh, really? Shocking, I know. Yeah. Um, he's got some good stuff. But out of the comedians of comedy, outside of our, our guest of honor, um, Maria Bamford. Mm. I, was, uh, I was trying to uh, learn to cook. Uh, people always say how easy it is to cook, but it is not any easier than not cooking. <laughs> Just get a really good virgin olive oil. <laughs> pile of milk duds, pile of nuts. Boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> no, just slice up just a couple of it. <laughs> Squeezy cheese on finger, can of wine. No, just preheat the. Power bar from glove compartment. Ooh, doodly do, doodly do, doodly do. Ooh, fresh from the oven. Uh, I'm very concerned about uh, celebrity chef uh, Paula Dean uh, because her recipes are like a suicide note. <laughs> Y'all, we're gonna be making some sweet dreams. Or- Little balls of butter, shouting in Crisco, fat back crackings, blubber, suet, margarine, may, mayonnaise. Each day I wake to a fresh nightmare. 
possibly one of the funniest women ever in comedy. I would buy that, yeah. She's... Holy shit. You don't know what she's going to say next because there's her real voice, which is the soft, tinny mouse voice, and then she gets into her sophisticated voice. Yeah. Maria, you know when you put on makeup, you look like a crazy person. So then I make my lipstick all big and my eye makeup just all over the place. Baby, look pretty now, mommy! <laughs> I, Jim and I were driving back from the Baseball Hall of Fame and we were listening to comedy and Maria Bamford came on. Jim's like, ow, what the hell is this? I'm like, don't, just listen. She's like, yeah, I gotta keep in shape. Keep up these voluptuous double A's. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she's on series a lot too. She's oh, really funny. Great. Funny, funny. Um, next up is a reasonably new discovery for me, John Mulaney. My brothers and sisters and I had this babysitter named Veronica when we were kids, and I was in love with her. I was in love with Veronica. She would babysit us on Saturday nights. And in my head, when I was a little kid, I thought that Veronica was like 25, 30 years old. I was just talking to my mom the other week. I found out that when I was 10, Veronica was 13. <laughs> So why was she in charge? All she could do was dial the telephone a little better than I could. 13 when I'm 10, that's just like hiring a slightly bigger child. That would be like if you're going out of town for the week and you paid a horse to watch your dog. Like, all right, here is the number where we'll be, and here's where we keep the dog food, and you're a horse. people do that? People always shush animals. They go, hey, shh, 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 shh. They've never spoken. Yeah, I don't know. John Mulaney, well, John Mulaney's a writer for SNL. So he was the one, did you see, I don't know if you saw it on, on, on SNL when he was talking about Girl Scout cookies and how the only way, you know, that their entire marketing campaign is you need to know um, someone in the army of, of small children in order to get these delicious cookies. He's got the thing about Jerry Orbach and how he, you know, from uh, Law and Order, and now about uh, Ice T on SVU. How he's been a cop for eleven years, and everything he says makes it sound like it's his first day on the job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you mean this guy like gets off on little girls with ponytails? Yes, because you're in the sex crimes unit. <laughs> <laughs> but he is just, oh god, he's beyond funny and. You know, earlier when we were talking about race and all that, we've been—I ve- think we've been very good of just using the N word. He was talking about being, you know, being a writer on this show, uh, on a show, and he had a, a skit about a midget. And the head writer went up to him and said, "John, you can't use the word midget. It's a very offensive term. It's just as bad as using the N word." No, it's not, because in this conversation, you just said the word midget. <laughs> You also said N-word. <laughs> God. And finally on my list, Louis C.K. <clears throat> he is... We watched a bunch of his stuff on Netflix streaming, and holy shit. He can go too far sometimes, but 99.9% of the time, he's gold. Things were very vague back then. Things just cost money. Hey, how much is that? Money. In the old English movies, it was different. It was a little sack of coins. Remember that little drawstring sack tossed over by some faggy lord with a ruffled shirt? Mm -hmm. 
throw it disdainfully down to some commoner who's gonna do something beneath his station. Follow the girl and report back to me at midnight. Bring a shovel and a sack. And two reliable men such as yourself. Mm. What's that? Oh yes, of course. Well, this ought to be sufficient. Me and this chink. Well, thank you, sir. The guy's so happy to get a general amount of some kind of currency or another. <laughs> he didn't like count it. I, I think you only gave me enough for the shovel. It's not enough there. Either. Absolute gold. So check it out. He's on Netflix streaming. I like him. Cool. Mike, what do you got? All right. <clears throat> I've got. Well, we, we I talked about Mitch Hedberg. Yep. Please. Okay. Well. Oh boy. Go ahead, Mike. Next, <laughs> I've got Bill Engel. Oh, come on! Here's your sign. Damn it. Do you know who makes that stuff up? Marketing people. When marketing people get bored, they stick it to us. Now they don't want us to breathe the air. So it's got negative ions in it. What the hell's a negative ion? I never seen one. Yeah, and if I did, I'd go, whew, don't want to breathe that. <laughs> they want us to buy the ionic breeze. It gives you fresh air. <laughs> Open a window. <laughs> well, Bill, then the negative ions will get in. Put up a screen. Hell, if I can figure it out, it ain't that hard. Here comes a negative ion screen. Ding, doesn't get in. Go ahead, keep going. I take it Jim does not like Bill Engvall. No. I don't, like, I don't the... like any of the blue-collar comedy crew. Have you ever listened to Ron White? He's yes. next on my list. Actually, is... out of all of... I've, I've watched the whole special. Out of all of the blue-collar comedians, I will give Ron White the most credit of getting... The furthest away from the blue collar comedy yeah. stuff. He is. I mean, if you listen to his actual albums, he is filthy, pretty much. You know. Oh, he's a lot dirtier than yeah. any of the other guys. I just got back from Europe. I took my son Tater Tot uh, <laughs> to Europe. We were in Spain during the running of the Bulls, but we didn't go to the event because we couldn't figure out why you would. The people that we know that live there were pitching this really hard, and they said that this event's been going on for over 500 years. And I'm like, what? Really? And they explained it to us apparently 540 years ago. A bunch of gay sailors in white suits with red scarves got all fucked up and turned loose the cattle and tried to... I'm paraphrasing. They got all fucked up, tried to get out of the way, and couldn't, and it ended up the town was such a borehole that compared to everything else that was going on there, this seemed like fun, and they kept doing it for 540 years. And I, I still don't want to go. And this year, two people died, and they said it was a huge tragedy, but I think before you call something a huge tragedy, I think you need to first determine exactly which two people died. Maybe it was two people we didn't need. They weren't very bright, I can tell you that, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, the only one I, I found listenable, I hate to say, was Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. The funniest thing Jeff Foxworthy ever said, and Jim, maybe you'll back me up on this, is the, if you have to climb up to the city water tower with a can of paint to defend your sister's honor, you might be a redneck. 
I actually liked it when he said, if you use Slim Jims for Christmas ornaments, you might be a redneck. <laughs> and, um... Okay, I, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. And uh, Larry the Cable Guy should be drowned in his own feces. Yeah. Oh, yes, he should be. Yeah. And he makes a... Uh, he makes more than those guys. Amount of money, like twenty times over. He sold out Mohegan Sun. Yeah, yeah. sold it out. My mother saw him. She said he was Why? money, and I'm just no. That's a lie. You lied to me about Santa Claus. You lied to me about Larry the Cable Guy in the sixth grade. Keep going. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next, they got Brian Regan. You know, I flew here. How come the first class people just, they can just get on whenever they want? I've always hated that. First class people board at your leisure. Take your time, first class people. Mm. <laughs> Coach people, no, wait, sit, sit, scuzz. Wait, little piggies. <laughs> so when you do get on, the first class people, they're already sitting there. They're all sprawled out in their big thrones. Bring me the head of a pig. And a goblet of something cool and refreshing. Anyone have a fiddle? Make someone from Coach Fiddle for me. Amuse me. They have fiddles in the overhead racks up there. I like Brian Regan a lot. Yeah. He's, he's, just, he's another clean, clean comedian. Absolutely hilarious, though. No, I, I, I do like him. I, I use, I, you know, for talking about dumb people, I use the Brian Regan voice all the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the one bit from Brian Regan I heard, which I thought was hysterical, was he's talking about his, um, his friend who, was, who had Italian heritage. He's like, hey, I gotta go get dinner. My mom's making my mom's making dinner. Oh, what are you having? Oh, we're having the spumoni. <laughs> wow, that's great. My family from Scotland. <laughs> it's not like, oh, what are you gonna have? <laughs> we're having some haggis. <laughs> what, what's up with this um, peanut butter and jelly in one jar? No, I'm lazy. But I want to meet the guy who has like, I want peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I'm too jealous. <laughs> Actually, Nick. My son Nick actually said, Daddy, you should get that. Oh, God. <laughs> Goober grape. Mustard mayonnaise. Because time's a-wasted. <laughs> well, I should mix in some croutons and have the whole thing on a spoon. <laughs> Why not? Who else you got? Uh, next, I got Jim Gaffigan. I love Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Outside of his most popular routine. Wait. If I have to hear the Hot Pocket routine one more time, I'm going to blind a kitten. That's, that's a clip I sent you, isn't it? Oh, God damn it! I believe it is. <laughs> I'll try and find a better one for you. All right. Big holiday tradition, Fruitcake. I love our holiday traditions, like the Christmas tree, where we go out and we chop down a tree and we put it in our living room. Kind of sounds like the behavior of a drunk man, really. <laughs> Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a, a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. Uh, and then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace, fill them with candy. Maybe I'll tie some leaves to the ceiling, see if I can get some action. 
Now I gotta puke on that couch. Merry Christmas. Jim Gaffigan is... He's a big redhead, right? No, he's like really, really pale. Yeah. Who am I thinking of then? I don't know. Jim Gaffigan isn't a big redhead? No. No. His second album is called Beyond the Pale because he's just a white guy. Translucent. Yeah. Yeah, he's very white. One of my favorite bits from him was talking about, you know, walking around at like Kmart or something like that and there's some dude walking around slurping on a cup of KFC gravy. <laughs> like it's a, Like it's a beverage. <laughs> Pretty tasty. I mean, I don't <laughs> knock it, buddy. Well, I think we figured out the problem here. You're ninety nine percent meat byproduct. <laughs> he is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I got. I got to watch his new special. It's on Netflix. Okay. So, who else you got? Uh, finally, I got Christian Finnegan. All right. Oh, it's wonderful to see you guys here, fanning yourselves desperately with your programs. It is hot as balls out here. Thank you so much for coming out. Did you ever notice how short the interval is between boy, I can't wait for summer and fuck this shit? That's about six days, I think. Let it snow. Oh, God. Disgusting in here. It's like walking through pudding. I told the guy at the hotel I was going out for a walk. He's like, what are you, high? And he's right. Within five minutes, I look like I'd escaped a Vietnamese POW camp. Just sweat stains, clumps of dirt in my hair, blood trickling from my ear. Oh, God. Every year from June to September, I don't even bother looking in the mirror. Because this time of year, you're never going to see your own reflection and say, yes. That's what I'm going for. I want to look like I just rubbed bacon all over my face. That'll get me laid for sure. Uh, I went to high school with Christian. He played Danny Zuko in our version of Grease. And as he pointed out on Twitter once, he played the cowardly lion in the all-white version of The Wiz. (laughs) Christian Finnegan. He was doing all like the uh, I love the eighties and uh, best week ever. Oh yes, that's one. He was uh, regular with uh, on the Dave Chappelle show. Yeah, well, he wasn't on regular. He did that one thing. He did the real world where he was the only white guy in yeah. the house. Uh, I remember who. You but know. if you listen to his his stand up routine, it's absolutely hilarious. He is, he is very funny. I he, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He he done good for himself. Yeah. He like like he walks into a into a liquor store. And he sees a sign that's saying. It has really arbitrary um, quotation marks. It's like, if you don't have any ID, you can't have any beer. Now, what's that supposed to mean? Is it what you're selling not beer? Or what you're looking for not really an ID? <laughs> not, you know, just, just to save the whole thing, whole thing I'll call it uh, security, Homeland Security item. <laughs> Jim, what about you? Well, taking the list. Um... I did want to talk about Patton Oswalt. Yes. Um, Patriot He's my favorite comedian of all time. He's probably Andy's. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, people that are against gay marriage, if they just openly said, I'm against gay marriage because thinking about two men having butt sex or two women having scissor sex... Kills my boner, dries up my vagina. I can't have sex, it ruins my life. That's why I'm against it. That 
would be a valid argument. We'd have to actually debate you on that. Oh, these lunatics always go, well, because it says in the Bible. Okay, stop, hang on. I'm glad you like a book. I really am. I'm glad, hey, I'm glad that... <laughs> At this point, I'm glad anybody's reading anything. And I'm not even putting it in the Bible. The Bible is terrific. Give it a read. It's got monsters and adventures and... And hey, if you like torture porn, check out the Old Testament. Oh, man. Any Saw fans out there? Woo! Get the Old Testament. But just because you like something in a book doesn't mean you can have the thing you like in the book happen in real life. That's what crazy people want. I can't go to the White House with a bunch of Green Lantern comics and go, I want a Green Lantern ring! I saw it in a book I like. Make the thing in the book I like be here, now. I would be justifiably tased if I did that. Nobody would go, hey, we have to respect his beliefs. You know, you gotta, you've gotta respect everybody's beliefs. Nobody captures teenage angst like Patton Oswalt did. He is the ultimate wordsmith. I have never heard a comedian be able to patch phrases together and then weave in cultural references oh, yeah. the way he does. I, I find him brilliant. I, I mean, who could come up with piss drinkers? Right. Well, my, one of my favorite bits from his, his, his latest album was about you know, how you can kind of look at somebody and see how tortured and awful their, their childhood must have been. Like You go to a strip club and like, wow, her dad must have raped her in a Garfield mask. I like when he talks about one of his, I think it's Werewolves and Lollipops, he talks about the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. And he said, hey, do you, do, do you like Darth Vader? Yeah, I sure do. Well, you get to see him as a 12-year-old kid. Oh, is he like a, a Damien? <laughs> like he like makes people's brains explode? Nah, he's just, just a 12-year-old kid. Okay, but at the end of the prequels, <laughs> do you like the Death Star? Oh, right, it goes and blows up, <laughs> you know, planets, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's this, you know, Creator of Havoc? Nah, it's just being built. It's like, look, okay, I don't need to see the toilets installed on the Death Star. He goes, that would be like saying, hey, do you like Angelina Jolie? Do you think she's hot? Well, here's a picture of John Voight's nutsack. I don't need to see where it came from. I mean, can you beat that? We saw him live. It was actually the first night I met Adam. Right. Yeah, it was the first night I was introduced to Adam. Um, great story to perceive that, by the way. We were at this uh, restaurant in Boston called The Rock Bottom. Right. Rock Bottom is a nice little restaurant that brews their own beer. So Jim and I are out, you know, go to the bar, get our beers, hanging out, waiting for Steph and Adam to show up. A group of four guys coming kind of behind us. Hey, uh, Four Cores Lights. I'm sorry, sir. We only sell what we brew. Fuck this place! And they all walk out. I don't remember that. Oh. Um, going back, but then again, I, I just find that... Andy introduced me to Patton Oswalt. Oh, because of the metal thing. And which we played on an earlier episode about how if you listen to hair metal in the 80s, you're gay. Not saying that there aren't other comedians, but for me, it's Patton Oswalt is one, two, three, four, and 5. It just, I just... I find his type of humor very... 
very funny. Now, there are other people, too. I, I like Dennis Miller a lot. Yep. I, I love the White Album. I Oh, the Off-White Album? The I off actually album, heard yeah. a pretty sizable segment on Raw Dog the other day. I just remember how enamored we were with the way he was weaving in all these references. Like, you can't be stupid and like this. Our friend Pat would never find this funny. Because he wouldn't. No, it's the fact that he talks about he's stuck in the Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> in rush hour, and all of a sudden the cast of Fame came out and did an impromptu dance routine. Those kids are really are going to last forever. <laughs> Especially that Coco. Got up early, had breakfast at the International House of Pancakes. You know, as soon as you walk into the place, there's that distinct worldwide feel, huh? Yeah, I was baffled by the complex international menu, so I just had the flapjack du jour, and uh, my syrup steward helped me with a selection. I uh, chose a very dry maple. It was busy, but never precocious. I, I, I like him. Um, I like Bill Burr a lot. He's local. Uh, and I was talking to Andy and Mike about this earlier. If you get a chance, go on YouTube and type in Bill Burr, Philadelphia. He was on a tour. You know, one of those tours that promotes five or six different comedians. So he was probably the fourth or fifth guy to come out. And he was in Philadelphia. And the crowd was starting to get really nasty. So he came out. The first joke, he says they just start booing him right off the bat. So instead of walking off stage like a lot of comedians would... He goes into a 20-minute hellacious ripping of the city of Philadelphia, its people, its fans. He goes into it to, to such a degree and, to so, and through so much brilliance that he gets a standing ovation at the end of annihilating the city of Philadelphia. It's the greatest rant I've ever seen. You need to see it. Throw out some topics. Let's talk about heart disease. Something you're all gonna fucking die of, and I'm gonna laugh at your fucking funerals. It's gonna be great. You're all gonna get fucking cancer, which is fantastic, because all your fucking heads are shaved anyways. No one's even gonna notice. You're gonna get fired for coming to work too late, because they're not gonna notice that you have fucking bone marrow cancer. The only thing that's going to give it away is me laughing at you in the fucking background. You fucking bunch of losers with your fucking cell phone pictures. Fucking suck a dick. Fucking asshole. Eleven more minutes of this. Yeah, you can get that for me. If, if I'm Jim gonna, can get I will, it to me, we will post it on uh, our website, geeksdaily.podbean.com. It's hysterical. Mm. Now, I um, the last person I'm going to talk about um, actually, this I never saw this, but my wife told me about this this routine, yep. and I found it really funny. It was John Stewart, and John Stewart comes up and he's like, you know, I'm I'm getting older now, and I was having some ass pain. He goes, so when you're my age and you have ass pain, I'm probably paraphrasing, honey, so don't get upset <laughs> with me. Um, when you have ass pain at my age, you go see the doctor. Toot sweet. <laughs> he goes, so I'm bent over a table, and the doctor's looking up my ass. And he's sitting there going, I don't see anything. Are you sure there's something up there? It's like, yeah. And I, and I turned around and looked at him and went, gotcha. <laughs> like, I'm going to joke about something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. I, and, and what I've seen of John Stewart, he's really good. Yeah, he unbelievably funny guy. Deadpan, deadpan, deadpan. Now, Adam could not be here tonight because he's... 
preparing for his impending nuptials. Ooh. Um, but I did I did want to list a couple of Adam's favorites. Uh, Stephen Lynch. Mm. Who doesn't I love Stephen Lynch? I actually said Adam and we was it Rebecca and I actually saw Stephen Lynch with Stephen Adam. Yeah. A couple years back, he was hysterical. Oh god, he's funny. The fact that he sang "Purple Rain" was just fantastic. And there have been other like comedians that have tried to steal his shtick, like Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham is a younger version of Stephen Lynch. He just does the same thing, you know, acoustic guitar, sings songs, can't hold a candle to Stephen. Well, Lynch. Stephen Lynch is a supremely talented musician. Yeah. who happens mm-hmm. to be very funny. Yeah, I mean, when he's sitting there. Writing this, you know, this beautiful ballad. You're listening to him going, wow, this is supposed to be comedy, right? Because this is the first time I'd ever really heard oh, yeah. it. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous music. And he starts singing, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm nervous and I'm worried about what's going to happen. You're like, oh, what's happening? And the, the name of the song is, I'm waiting on my AIDS test. <laughs> and at the end of it, it's negative, but he does have herpes or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's, it's awesome. He, he, he is funny. I mean, in his material, it's pretty creative. Yeah. It's his sheer talent. It's his, the oh, fact yeah. that he's a brilliant musician and that he pulls this off as well. Yeah. He was good. He's definitely worth seeing. The first bit of his I really remember hearing was the lullaby song. Oh, my God. I heard the, the first time I heard the lullaby, um, I, I nearly shit myself. <laughs> it was that funny. Girl, sweet baby, don't cry tonight. Daddy's here and he'll sing you a soft lullaby tonight. Why can't it all be like it was before? How can I explain? My mommy's not here anymore Cause daddy likes porno and ten dollar whores Daddy gets wasted and robs liquor stores Daddy likes robbing against little boys on the bus I think that's why your mommy left us Special Ed. Oh, Special oh, Ed. <laughs> he hit, Special Ed hit his head. Now he's Special Ed. <laughs> Superhero. Oh yeah, like the ten minute long version. Oh god, yeah. We just talked about all the people he's gonna he's gonna uh, who wronged him and they're gonna pay for it. The, the name of his last album. Well, it was a tour I saw him with. Was like Three Balloons. That was the name of it. <laughs> And you're like, wow, three balloons. He must be going to the circus, the carnival, or running through the field of the balloons. Nah, it's about the three balloons of heroin he has <laughs> up, his, up his ass going through airport security. That is awesome. And I don't know if you are It's one of his lesser-known songs, but um, if the guy from... Uh, oh, the guy from Smashing Pumpkins lost his keys. Yeah. I knew I put them somewhere. I never heard them. Oh. Got my car keys. They're right here in my hand. Awesome. Um, and finally on Adam's uh, supposed list here, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Have you ever had something happen that was so racist that you didn't even get mad? You were just like, God damn, that was racist. That was racist. 
I mean, it was so blatant, you were just like, wow. Like, you almost like it didn't even happen to you. It was like a fucking movie. That was like he was watching Mississippi Burning. Wow. That happened to me. I, I was in Mississippi. I was in Mississippi doing a show, and I go to the restaurant to order some food. And uh, I say to the guy, I say, I would like to have, and before I even finish my sentence, he says, the chicken. I said, what the fuck? I could not believe it. Could not believe that shit. This man was absolutely right. I said, how did he know that I was gonna get some chicken? I asked him, I said, how do you know that? How did you know I was gonna get some chicken? He looked at me like I was crazy. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Now everybody knew as soon as you walked through the goddamn door, you're gonna get some chicken. There's no secret down here that blacks and chickens are quite fond of one another. <laughs> then I finally understood what he was saying and I got upset. I wasn't even mad, I was just upset. I wasn't ready to hear that shit. All these years, I thought I liked chicken because it was delicious. <laughs> Turns out I'm genetically predisposed to liking chicken. Dave Chappelle's stand-up routine is one of the funniest things I've heard in the last ten years. Mm. Holy shit! Well, he had a he had a good three-year run. Dave Chappelle had the funniest skit I have ever seen, May, except for maybe Dieter on Saturday Night Live. Right. I used to lose myself when I used to lose it when I watched that. But when he ever did the blind black guy who was in the Ku Klux Klan, yeah. that was it. Yep. A blind white supremacist. Who, by the way, I actually read a story at CNN.com that uh, Charlie Sheen is blaming that skit for him losing his job on three and two and a half men. Charlie Sheen's going to blame anyone but himself, really. Well, and the cocaine. Yeah. The heroic amounts of cocaine. And hookers. Let's not forget the hookers. Well, when you're a no, stellar no, no. talent like Charlie Sheen. <laughs> they're not hookers. They're goddesses. Yes, exactly. Including Brie Olsen. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> I think Breeze Cataracts fell out. Damn! She ran off. What the hell? I am taking my 2009 Best Anal Award. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I, my God, I let Ron Jeremy throw it inside of me. There's no way. <laughs> Good God. So, um, now we talked about stuff that we really, really like. Now there are some hacks and some thieves out there, and Jim has a list of the worst comedians ever. Uh, let's start... Actually, and Julia brought this. Julie brought this one up earlier, but we didn't mention it because I wanted to save it for hacks and thieves. Dane Cook. There are certain sounds in this world that, when you hear them, they make you react in different ways. There are certain sounds that, when it floats into your eardrum and it goes high into your cerebellum, located near your limbic system. You hear the sound, you react in a certain way. Some sounds soothing, right? You hear like the sound of a babbling brook. Maybe the sound of the dryer with the towels. That was a horrible impersonation of, I know. I'm not, don't bullshit me, that was, that was bad. That's the best I can do. I'm laundry in a dryer. <laughs> I 
thought Dane Cook was funny for maybe five minutes and then came to my senses and realized, you don't really have an act. Didn't I hear that before? Holy shit, I heard that entire thing from Louis C.K. I heard a Dane... Okay, I watched his first routine, and that was kind of funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, was, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I... I, I uh, it wasn't earth-shattering. I no. thought it was pretty funny. Then I saw this one routine he did. And he's saying he was like sitting at a bus terminal and somebody burped. And he looked at the guy and said, Excuse you! And the place laughed like it was the funniest joke they have ever heard. He just, all, it's just, he jumps around like an epileptic chicken on stage and people find that funny. Yeah. Like he wets himself down and you know, he's a pretty good looking guy and I think that, I guess the ladies like him because of that, but yeah. I have never found his routine that funny after that first... After that first... The first album was funny. The second album, which, by the way, we're, we're no aspiring comedians. If you have a hit first album, don't immediately turn around and put a double fucking album out after that. Oh, you mean like Dice? Keep yeah, alright. Um, it just... is just going to expose your weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, next up on the, the Thieves and Hacks list, Carlos Mencia. The funniest thing ever to involve Carlos Mencia with the South Park episode where Kanye West had him tied up because Carlos Mencia took credit for a joke that uh, Jimmy wrote with no help from Cartman. And then Cartman took took credit for it. Right. But Carlos Mencia is tied up and you got Kanye's thugs with guns to him saying, Come on, man. I'm not that funny. I don't write my own shit. I steal it all. Come on. I got a tiny dick. I have to piss into a bag. <laughs> and I, I watched that, and I'm like, these guys have balls. Because at the time, The Mind of Mencia was the was the top-rated show on Comedy Central. Mm. And immediately after that, it, it went away. Well, I think that act has been done two times before. Well, yeah. Paul George, Rodriguez. And George Lopez. And George Lopez. Yeah. Who actually stole their act, if you think about it, from, from Yakov Smirnov, who just makes fun of his country of origin all the time. And right. all the crap. Yeah. Oh, look at that! He's riding a donkey down the street! Ah, la, 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 papi, you're so funny! Yeah, Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> well, in my country... <laughs> you ever see the Ben Stiller show thing of uh, the, the last stand of Yakov Smirnov? No. In my country, the former Soviet Union... We used to have to wait on in line for bread for three hours. Now we, it's readily available. <laughs> and they're just showing, like, tears running down his face. Now he's playing beautiful Branson, Missouri. Or as they call it on The Simpsons, Las Vegas if Ned Flanders was in charge. Um, uh, Dennis Leary, another well-known thief, because his entire routine... I didn't realize this until I kind of did, like, a little Folgers taste test. Between his routine for No Cure from Cancer and Bill Hicks's catalog, yeah. everything is stolen. Well, yeah, I mean, Bill Hicks was the first real angry comedian. Yeah. Dennis Leary. Well, Dennis Leary's Dennis thing Leary is... Dennis Leary was he's the got Bill a Hicks re- for the MTV era. No, you know, no, you know what Dennis Leary is? Dennis Leary smokes. That's his routine. He smokes. Yeah. And if you don't smoke, you're a peckerhead. And you should let him smoke. Yeah. Because he wants to smoke. Yeah. And he has that real gravelly voice. I, I gotta admit, though, I really do like No Cure for Cancer. Like, I remember when it came out in college, I just listened to it 
And, and then the second through. one came out, and it was half music. Yep. I don't know why these comedians seem to think all of a sudden, Hey, I'm Shalimar! <laughs> I can write music as well as be funny! It's like Eddie Murphy! Eddie Murphy put out two goddamn albums of nothing but music! Well, he also had the backing of... Um, Rick James. Rick James. Yeah. This was the first album. Yeah. What do you think was going on in the, during that album? I'm going to guess album? lots and lots of... White blowy, lines. blowy, blow. <laughs> Cocaine's a wonderful drug. <laughs> and finally on the list of hacks and thieves, before we get into Jim's list, I have to say this. Uh, mainly, this is a shout-out to my friend Pete, Jerry Lewis. I have never, ever, ever, ever found Jerry Lewis funny... Ever. Why would you ever, find Jerry Lewis funny? Ever. He is two he's, generations before you, and he's only found funny in France. He's not for you. <laughs> I understand he's not for me, but I had I had to throw this out for Pete because does, oh Pete, my, like, does Pete like Jerry Lewis? Oh my god. We would go to great lengths to go on YouTube and find clips of Jerry Lewis being racist in his movies, especially the movie Hardly Working, oh, wow. where he shows up as a sushi chef. But he's got the gigantic false teeth and the Coke bottle glasses. Uh, comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Comedy. Oh, God. Hey, Nintendo's still like that. My daughter was fighting Piston Honda. <laughs> in um, Punch-Out. They do like a little caption before, like a little cartoony caption. And they've got Piston Honda sitting there training. And they've got this little buck-toothed Japanese guy banging a gong behind him. <laughs> and then the kicker is the Japanese are the one who made the damn... Game, yeah. game. Yeah. So I guess well, it's all right. Well, no, no, fun because, of themselves. because that you know the, the buck teeth in the glasses. That's China. It's a Chinese stereotype. Oh, oh so they that's right. They like Charlie from Mr. Magoo. Exactly. You oh, the yeah. Japanese love making fun of the Chinese or whatever. Rump swab. Uh, Dick Tracy was sending out that awful cartoon in oh, the yeah. 1960s. God damn. So Jim, you have a list yeah. of the worst comedians ever. That's yeah. a long list. Well, there's a hundred of the greatest comedians on there. By the way, Jim, you want to. Mention the the glaring crime. Yes, um, Patton Oswalt is not mentioned on this list of the hundred greatest comedians of all time. And I, I'm trying. Well, let me figure out who wrote th- who did this. You know, sitting between these two, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't much care for Patton Oswalt. Holy shit! Yeah, but, yeah but but you think Bill Engvall's a laugh riot? Yes, yeah, I do. You're done. All right, all right, you shut him off. Um, yeah, anyways, he's he was left off, and I just don't... D.L. Hughley is on this list. All right. Roseanne Barr is on this list. Oh. Gallagher is on oh. this list. Oh, no. All right. That's Gallagher 2. He's not on the list, but... Gallagher 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh. All right, so what about the worst comedians ever? Well, Who do you got on that list? Well, he, I'll pick a few of them. We've already talked about Carlos Mencia. Yep. Uh, we've talked about Dan Cook. Um, Judy Tenuta... Is on this list, and um, I would wholeheartedly agree. Yes, not funny at no. all. Yeah, yeah. She looked like Carmen Miranda on a horrible bender. <laughs> um, yeah, she was horrible. Carrot Top. I have an interesting story about Carrot Top. My it- sister went to uh, UNC Wilmington, and Carrot Top's big thing is that he's a college comedian. He goes just all around the college campuses, mainly goes so he can bang unsuspecting. College chicks. Yeah. Cool. Um, and my sister and her friend were at this bar after the show, and my sister's like, wasn't that funny? And then he shows up, sees her friend, and goes, hey, you want to taste some carrot juice? Oh. And then they walked. Did oh. she taste some carrot juice that she evening? She did not. Oh. I, I guess um, Joel Hodgson really hated Carrot Todd because he stole some of his bits. 
Oh yeah, because he's a prop comic, and Joel Hodgson was a prop comic before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carrot Top will have, you know, he'll put his head through a toilet bowl seat. Hey, yeah. look, I'm a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, you are. Seriously, it's also like like the most needless waste of steroids I've ever seen. Why does he need to be that jacked? Probably that's the only way he can pick up chicks to, oh, yeah. to, to, to taste his carrot juice. <laughs> we, well, well with I, that he just means he's got a steroid riddled pecker, though, and that's <laughs> they shrivel. Well, like no, now he's yeah, he's, his little he's now he's got his little red raisin nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Who else you got on that list? Um, the last one. To me, this is the ultimate niche. Con- I've never cracked a smile. How Ed McMahon could have sat there during Catch a Rising Star? What the hell show was he? Star Search and said oh. that's him. That's our next big star because Sinbad is one of the least. Fu- He's a niche comedian. Yeah, He's, he was funny from 1989 to 1991 during the New Jack era. Yep, because he had his big puffy zuboos and he had the New Jack fade, and his shirts all had like you know the fresh pints from Bel Air graffiti <laughs> all over it. No, white black guys are like this, and white guys are like this. Yeah, it, yeah, it was the same thing. Black guys drive like this. Yeah, no, White guys are like, oh, gee. <laughs> you know, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. Don't... Now we we've been kind of mentioning another comedian that I believe is on that list, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, he is. Holy shit! Well, here's what they did. I remember a buddy of mine going to see him and him saying he did the whole album verbatim, yep. start to finish, and then they had another twenty minutes they had to kill. So they said, "Well, Dice." Since you kind of look like John Travolta a little bit because you wear a leather jacket and you put a lot of pomade in your hair, why don't you sing Grace Lightning? So he did. I don't know. A 15-minute rendition of Grease <laughs> Lightning with big-breasted nurses and a car and just just the whole 50s works. I mean, you're just waiting for the gang from Riverdale to come out and <laughs> drive around on stage with them. I remember... Because that, that first album was a little bit of, you know, it was, oh my god, shocking. The second album, The Day the Laughter Died, our friend Emmett loaned me the table. You gotta listen to this. This is the funniest thing ever. And I listened to it. There are three jokes in the entire thing, then Dice going off on a rant on how women aren't funny, and then him getting into a shouting match with the audience for the rest of the... Yeah, well, it's like, they continue from side two of tape one of him getting into a fight with somebody in the uh, audience... Going all the way through sides three and four. He talks to a woman who gets up and says, basically, you're an asshole. You're you're an asshole. You are horrendously untalented. But because Dice is so witty, he gets him (laughs) and says, hey, you're going to go take a dump? Well, my friend Emmett thought that was the funniest thing he ever heard. Oh, my God. It was horrible. And, um, yeah, I I love, like, five or six years ago, VH1 had a documentary catching up with Mr. Dice Clay where he was still under the impression that he was going to sell out Giant Stadium. He did for, in 1988. In 88 he did. In 2005 on the other hand. No. There were about five seats full. He would not sell out the food court at the Solomon Pond Mall. No, he would not. Oh, God. Actually, another one, another comedian that I really like, the, uh, the Scar Brothers. Sorry. Yeah. The first comedian will introduce the next comedian and so on and so forth. Yep. And I guess Andrew Dice Clay completely dissed him. <laughs> and so they, they, they totally ranted up, ranted against him. All right. The flip side of that coin is a man by the name of Andrew Dice Clay. The Dice Man. <laughs> 
the Dice Man. The Dice Man. So we came into uh, the room, and he was on right before us, and he was about an hour into his 15-minute set. Yeah. <laughs> Dice goes, uh, who the fuck's next? Uh, the Sklar Brothers. Who? The Sklar Brothers. Well, I never fucking heard of them, so you know they're going to fucking suck. <laughs> and then we're off in the back like... Is, is that, that our intro? Is that us? Okay, that's it. We're going to go up. Is that us? We're going to go up Thank and you. do our thing. Thank you very much. And we get up to the stage about ready to just... We're about of... to go to the stage, and he gets back on stage as if that wasn't like humiliating enough. Grabs the microphone and is like, no, I got their opening line for you. They're going to be like, dice open for me. Dice open for me. Well, I got news for yous. Good English. Great. I got news for yous. They're lucky I didn't do any of my old shit. If I did my old shit, they wouldn't be able to stand on this motherfucking stage. Then he drops the microphone and damages it. Breaks it. <laughs> and then walks out to his least Escalade and drives off into the night. Now, now. <laughs> we couldn't let it die that he said he didn't do any of his old shit. Because I remember walking into the showroom 45 minutes into his 15-minute set and hearing him utter this phrase, Call waiting, what the fuck is that shit all about? Call waiting? <laughs> Wasn't call waiting old when you started in comedy? Yeah. <laughs> and who's mad at call waiting? Who the fuck is mad at call waiting? Like, how is that a bad thing at all? Like, that people you... can reach you. He's like, fucking call waiting. Stupid fucking shit, stupid, stupid bullshit. Stupid, 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 stupid fucking stump. Stupid broad. I don't need to talk to you, dumb, 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 dummy. You dumb, 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 dummy. Dumb broad. You stupid, stupid dummy. And I heard an interview with him once. He didn't want to talk about any of his work from the 80s. That's all he's got. I know. <laughs> You've got a cameo in Pretty in Pink. Oh. And um, one million selling album. And The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Let me see. So, your newest album. I found it at the car wash behind the <laughs> Tito Jackson solo project. Um, you know, he's just... Yeah. He's... He's... he's Knows he's no, he has nothing left. I mean, he, yeah. he was a just the textbook definition of a one trick pony. Yeah. So good conversation, by the way, on yeah. comedy. This is fun. Next episode, we're going to uh, take the show in a completely different direction, as it is summer, and our mind is on refreshments and beverages and whatnot. We want to talk about the worst drinks, snack foods, liquor. Whatever you can mention, combos, <laughs> whatever you can think of that you just think is just the shit, and not the good way of the shit, but the bad way of the shit. Hey, I mean, let's take a pretzel and stuff dog shit in it. That'll sell. <laughs> More of the turd. Honestly, let me, just, let me just say right now, if somebody can produce for me a can of a beer that is actually called Swill, <laughs> I'll be happy. I'll be a happy, happy man. Okay. So that's that. That's your assignment for uh, next episode, episode seventy. What are your, what are the worst beers, liquors, cocktails, sodas, candy bars, chips, or salty snacks? Even movie concessions, because I got a couple in mind. So, can I, can I just do a quick offside once? My, minor huzzah moment. The uh, teenage alien uh, ninja alien movie by yep. Michael Bay. Is being canceled. Huzzah! You gonna be all right? I am so all right. Well, it's canceled for now. He still maintains complete control over that. So stupid, stupid. Eventually, they'll just be you know four human guys with you know names of teenage mutant ninja slash human aliens. (laughs) So, um, 
Yeah, so let us know what your what your thoughts are on our terrible refreshment uh, show. You can get to us on our Facebook page, Geek Salad. Uh, you can um, Twitter us at Geek Salad Radio. Email us at geeksalad at yahoo.com. Check out the archive at the iTunes store or on our website, www.geeksalad.podbean.com, where we're going to have plenty of clips from a lot of these comedians we talked about today, including that 15-minute rant that Jim was talking about from Bill Burr. So, um... Enjoy that. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. Go forth and be nerdful, and don't forget to tip your waitress. We'll talk to you later. Die of the plague, as long as they suffer for their terrible life, especially Bob. Then you would be just this guy. Yes, then you would be a superhero like me. Power bar from glove compartment. Ooh, doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo. Ooh, fresh from the oven.